Welcome to CoreCast. You know, we said we would do a part two, and you know, we're giving the people what they want, and that is a part two to the CallCast finale. I am Josh, happy to be back, happy to keep rambling and talking about this team that has just taken over my life and tortured me this last, like, couple of decades. Uh, Joining me in the CallCast studios for the second half, good friend of the pod, and you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say you're a sponsor. Sam, the man, has joined us. Sam, what's going on? Doing well. How are you doing, Josh? Oh, good. We're recording this on a Saturday night, and Sam has decided to stay up way past his bedtime, and heck, my way past my bedtime, I know that, <laughs> to record and talk with the um, a Hawks junkie like myself. So, Sam, thanks, you know, again for coming in. Um, whew, boy. Um Atlanta Hawks, um, Sam, um, we're following a rebuilding team this year. Um, <laughs> how, yeah. how are you doing on your end? I'm doing actually pretty well. I'm enjoying watching this team. They're, uh, they're a lot more enjoyable to watch than a couple of years past. <laughs> oh, man. That is true. I was talking earlier, and I said, despite this team like not being very good, they're more enjoyable because they're doing what I want them to do. <laughs> right. You can definitely see some growth instead of, you know, just a bunch of veterans running around while the kids get minimal playing time. That's not fun to watch on a rebuilding team. So it's good to see the kids get some playing time and have some really big games this season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's quite something. And, you know, it's kind of like whenever you see play the players do this. It's just, there's no, no loss scenario. Kind of like when your expectations are where they are right now. Uh, so Sam, since we haven't spoken to you on here for a while, and since I know the people haven't heard from you in a while, what's your general thoughts, like your general take on the season so far? I think um, the record right now of the Hawks isn't really very indicative of how they've played so far. I think they've played much better than than what their record shows. They, uh, of course, they've had a lot of, you know, growing pains. They're a very young team, but you can definitely see that the talent is there. They they've done a pretty good job, I'd say, of drafting the last two seasons. Picked up Trey Young, picked up Kevin Herter, picked up John Collins, and all three of those guys on a nightly basis can go and get you thirty points by themselves. And uh, that's really what you want to see for a team in the, what, what I'd say is the second year of a rebuild. Um, what, what, what they do next will be interesting to me with the trade deadline approaching and how they decide to move around some players, maybe some, some players from recent uh, drafts speaking more about Bembry and Prince in that, in that aspect. Uh, if they decide to move on from them, that'll be interesting, but um, you can definitely see that there's a core three that Travis Schlink has in mind for the future, and that's Collins, uh, Young, and Herter, and they're all three playing very well this season, I think, and uh, yeah. Oh, man. I was kind of hoping you would joke with me and say the core three is Len, Len, 
and uh, Bembry or something like that. But, <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Um, yeah, it's definitely definitely fun to see all three of those guys um, playing together and just growing with each other because you see the improved pick and rolls. You see that even with the pick and roll with John Collins and Trey Young, that Trey is looking to um, pass to the outside and, hey, and out of nowhere, Herder can come. And when he's not shy to shoot, it's always interesting. I think I, I think the even uh, the even better thing about Herder in particular is that he can create for others too, and uh, I know that was a, a special uh, point of emphasis for Schlink when the draft came around was that he was looking for multiple ball handlers in this draft, and I, I think he really hit on that very well. Kevin Herder is going to be such a good um, such a good facilitator for this Hawks team next to Young for the next I don't know decade because they both play so well off each other. Young, as we all know, is like one of the top five passers in the league. And Herter is a good complimentary passer, and catch and shoot is amazing for him. So that's a, that's a good pairing for the future. I, in particular, I'm really excited about Kevin Herter. Oh, man, top five passing point guard in the league already? <laughs> I, I, I would say he is because he's – Young just has that next level passing that's it's so hard to come by these days. Oh no, I I I was just joking. I think he's really good. I have to sit down and think on the list of who who um would be ahead of him, but I mean you saying that, I mean just to compliment, you know, how talented he is. I'm I'm not arguing against it at this moment. Um I would say, you know, just because he's a rookie and just because he has such a high usage rate, obviously turnovers are a problem, at least right now. But again, he's just a rookie. That's that's going to get solved. I'm I'm impressed by him, but I'm sure that's something we're going to go over later in the podcast. Um, right. Um, so we got some young players on this team. Uh, we talked about John Collins earlier for those that listened to part one. So give a, give me a little bit more kind of like Kevin Herter. I was saying how I loved how the guy is already so smart when it comes to basketball, despite being a rookie, despite being the 19th pick who, Hey, in a redraft, where does he go? Does he go into top 15, top 10? If I, ha- I have to think he goes maybe close to the top 10, maybe like 12 in a redraft as of this moment. He's just coming out of the draft. You saw with his frame that he had every tool needed to be, to be this type of player. And it was always just a question of, could he put it all together? And he's done it a lot quicker than anybody thought he should have. And I know a lot of teams in that 14 to 18 range are now kicking themselves for not taking a chance on this dude, because I I think one day Kevin Herter is going to be, a 40% guy from three and he, maybe he can go out and get you five assists a game. Um, he's definitely got the frame to be a good defender. I don't think he's all the way there yet, which it's, it's unrealistic to expect a rookie to be on a high level defensively, but you, you see him every night when Bembry's not in the game, which I think Bembry is the Hawks best defender right now. You'll see Kevin Herter draw the assignment of the opposing team's toughest player. And I think that's both a compliment from Lloyd Pierce next to necessity because they don't have anybody with that body type that um, has the mentality to go play defense like Kevin Herter does. So 
he's a very exciting young player. Like I said, I think he meshes very well with Trey Young, and uh, that was a great pick by Travis Slink. So just to recap real quick, what would the mesh with Trey Young? Because for those who didn't um, follow, Sam, I believe you wrote – did you write the article? You wrote an article on this, right? I I wrote wrote a couple articles about um, about them, but yeah. But I I think the 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 mesh part is Trey Young being a solid passer, Kevin Herter being really good as as a catch and shooter, and the inverse is also true. Trey Young catch and shoot. He's even better when he's catching and shooting than when he's shooting off the dribble. Right. And and Kevin Herter being the facilitator, he is. When you get Kevin Herter in a pick and roll. He can do the same thing Trey Young can do and pick apart a defense. And if you have them both on the floor at the same time, they both can catch and shoot and they both can drive and kick. So it's just it's just a natural pairing. Herter being the a larger frame can pick up the defensive slack when Young is on the court. So I think I think the marriage works really well. You know, you wrote this article and you had so many kind of like examples and you were writing it so eloquently, Sam, that I personally took it out to a candlelight dinner. Um, me and my laptop across from me as I read it. And I just kept scrolling back up and I was like, oh, this is beautiful. Look at this replay. Trey with the behind the back off the pick and roll to Kevin Herter. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, it, it was wonderful, Sam. I just want to let you know that. Um, I appreciate it. <laughs> we had we had a special time. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, um, I said it before, but I'm just – it's just legitimately shocking. Like the rookies, the rookies are good, are developing, and they're basically playing like how I not just imagined, but just like, you know, dreamed that they would play. Like, you know, realistically, last five years, you'll get a young player, um, whether it was Dennis or heck, looking back at Jeff in his early years, it's just kind of like, you didn't really expect anything out of them until like year two or year three, but it's like these guys are out there on the floor in crunch time, like playing smart, um, getting the ball where it needs to go and learning and just doing stuff. That's just like, Oh my goodness. It's, it's actually happening. Like definitely would happen. Yeah. And I I think Travis Schlink and Lloyd Pierce both deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, Coach Pierce has been putting them both in position, or really all three. He's given Spellman his fair share of minutes this season as well. But I think Trey and Kevin in particular, um, Coach Pierce has given them both multiple opportunities to succeed. Uh, Travis Schlink, kudos to him for going out and getting Vince Carter and um, Lynn this offseason. Jeremy Lynn being a great mentor for Trey Young, a guy who spent a lot of time you know, back and forth off the bench and in starting lineups next to superstars like James Harden and uh, in L.A. next to Kobe. I think he played with Kobe. Um, I so, think he did. That was towards the end of the Kobe chucking years. Yeah. Uh, we were supposed but, to worship Kobe, even though he was – never Never mind. Lakers fans will get mad if I say – if I go for <laughs> But yeah, kudos, kudos to Schlink for going out and getting those role models. VC is a great role model for any wing player um, coming up. And I think they've both absorbed a lot from those veteran players. And you're definitely seeing a result on the court that indicates that. Right. Oh, boy. Um, 
So next guy I wanted to mention, because, you know, Trey Young, well, I'm going to mention him later, but Amari Spellman, uh, what, 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 should I? What expectations should I have with him? Um, he looks to me to be the best kind of like legitimately shooting big man on the team. But what else kind of like improvements or I guess thoughts that you have with him? There's a I'd, I'd say the basketball world surrounding the Atlanta Hawks is very divided on Omari right now. Personally, um, I think Omari has the, the body that he could be successful in the NBA. I think he needs to fine tune it a little bit. Um, he's done a great job in the last couple of weeks. You've, you've seen him lose um, a couple pounds and as a result, he's playing a lot better. Um, another thing that needs to be a point of emphasis this off season for him. And maybe it's a blessing that he's um, paired with coach Pierce, who's defensively minded is Omari just needs to get better on defense altogether. Um, his perimeter defense is somewhat lacking. Interior-wise, he's solid. That man can block shots all night um, against anybody in the NBA. He's He's got very good leaping ability, and I think he has a good motor. He's just got to have a goal to strive towards. So thir- picking him at 30, I thought originally was a little bit of a reach. I still think that was a little bit of a reach. But him shooting the way he's shooting from beyond the arc and his leaping ability, you know, if he if he starts to work on his body a little bit, if he starts to, you know, take care of himself and get better on the defensive end of the floor, I don't see any reason why that couldn't end up being a great pick. Um, I think Omari is about two years away from being the kind of guy that Schlink thought he would be when he was drafted. And that's just because of the recent um, his recent weight gain that's really kind of set him back a little bit. Right. Um, I'm not sure what you mean by weight gain. The the man looks thin and um, youth. No, I'm kidding. I got you. I got you, well, Mari. Please don't hunt me down and um, choke me out for uh, saying that. I'm I'm joking. You're a professional NBA player. Um, <laughs> and and um, Kevin or Chris Kirshner of The Athletic wrote a, a phenomenal piece recently about, he was talking to Omari about his weight problems and how, uh, you know, becoming becoming a professional athlete with all that money, it, it can lead you to that life where, you know, hey, it's easier to eat out because you got the money to do it. And it's, it's a, you know, it's an easy thing to do. And it's good on Omari. I really enjoyed seeing in that article where you can kind of tell he took a step forward in his maturity um he's he's actually striving to make a change which is something a lot of nba players will not be you know first to admit is that they had a problem in the first place so um good on omari for showing some maturity there Uh, i'm really excited for what he can become like i said i think i think he has the body and mindset to make it happen we just need to see it all come together I can tell you as someone who just got a normal job and when I wasn't in college, yes, getting fast food can be a, can be a problem. It's just so much easier. But um yeah, great. So what else did I want to talk about with you? So we talked earlier about the trade deadline and we mentioned um Tor- Torian Prince. 
and his possibility for like what teams would want to look at him if he were to be moved. Is there anybody else on the Hawks roster that you could imagine would be draw particular interest during the trade deadline? It'll be interesting for um, Dwayne Dedman, who's in the final year of his contract, along with Jeremy Lin, who's in the final year of his contract. Um, Lin is a little bit tougher pass because he hasn't particularly played all that well this season, but he is a veteran point guard. He's not playing bad by any stretch. Um, He's pretty much playing to what Jeremy Lin has been his entire career. Um, A team that's in playoff contention could really use one of those guys. Deadman in particular, I think, is going to be one of the guys at the deadline that draws huge trade interest um, from multiple teams just because he offers that defensive He's he's a good perimeter defender. He's a good interior defender because of his length, and that man can step out to the three point line and pick and pop, he can shoot all he can day long. So even with uh, DeAndre Jordan getting traded and more than likely, as I've heard, getting bought out, would that um, would that be an issue for Deadman or at least for the Hawks with trading him? I just think there's so many there's so many teams out there right now that are looking for that. Uh, take the Rockets for instance. The Rockets are so so badly in need of talent right now that I think they would be one of the teams interested if they could make the money work. Um, they they have they have some talent to try to move, but I think the Hawks would only be interested in picks. Um, Travis Schlink has made it known multiple times in the past that he likes to have picks stockpiled for the future, and so if if it gave if the opportunity arose that they could get. Um, a couple picks, maybe a, a second rounder, or maybe even a first rounder, uh, or a young player. I think that the Hawks would bite on that almost immediately. Um, a couple places for um, Jeremy Lin that I think he he could also benefit from playing in Houston um, with with Chris Paul being such a injury prone guy right now at this point in his career. Also in Los Angeles with the Lakers because depending on what they do with AD, they could be without a point guard. I just don't know if they can make the money work. So the the issue with all these trades is making the money work. Did Jeremy Lin play for those two teams before? He actually did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was trying to think, I was like, I think I remember him playing for them. Which also, well, Jeremy Lin's played for everybody. It feels like, but at the same time, you know, it gives him some familiarity. He knows the areas. You know, he's he's played there before. He maybe he knows some of the players still. So at for veteran players it's always you want to do what's best for them because other players around the league see how you treat your veteran players and it'll right. reflect on you in free agency as good or bad also. Right. And that's why everyone's got to be lining up to go join the Knicks this summer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shoot, they they have their veteran players, even that are retired, um, kicked out of the arena and banned. But, you know, <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole other thing. Oh, man. <laughs> Sam, it's fun recording with you because I get all my terrible jokes out. Uh, <laughs> If any Nick, if any Nick fans show up at your door tonight, just know that I won't be there to help you. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. They'll show up at my door tonight, and they'll probably be like, "Yeah, yeah, we agree." It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay. Um, if you had to compare 
and we're going to get into the final the final rookie young guy I wanted to talk about. And I'm just going to I'm just going to throw you off cuz I didn't even prep you with this question. If you had to compare Trey Young to a um a series on Netflix, what would it be? Trey Young to a series on Netflix. Hmm. That that is a tough one. I, I I'd have to say it'd be something like something like Bird Box. Because <laughs> you can't see him because he's so small. No, I'm kidding. Um, Which that isn't a series, but at the same time, you know. Uh, okay, okay, something on that. At first, at first sight, at first sight, you know, didn't think it'd be good, but then it ended up being great. So, you you know, um, I legit just thought of this question. Um, okay, there's this show on um netflix everyone and i'm i say this to sam because sam sam's sam, sam is up there in terms of watching shows oh yeah and you're always down for something good to watch you uh suggested that western show for me to watch and i loved it about a year ago i just can't remember what it's called was it, was it godless godless yeah 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 i i really liked it made me feel like i was in red dead redemption 2 at the moment <laughs> But um, there's a show on Netflix. Well, I don't know if it's still on there, but it's called Happen Leonard. Um, Happen Leonard, you look at it, you don't know if it'll be good or not. You do, but it's it's a very short series. It's only six episodes per season. But I legitimately love the series because there is no filler. Like every minute on the show means and counts for something. Very underrated and... I think might be one of the best um, things on there and everyone needs to watch it, Happy which is like, we're going to talk about um, Trey young right now. I <laughs> <laughs> like that segue. I had a, I had a really dig deep to it. Yeah. We so, promise we're not sponsored by that show. No, <laughs> no we're, no, we're not. Um, oh man. I'm, I'm sorry. I have this uh son's game on in the background and, Fourth quarter, um, Herter and um, Trey Young have have arrived, and we're also watching the defensive prowess of Tor- Torian Prince as he just got lost on another screen. Awesome. Um, so let before we actually talk about the player and what he has done so far this season, let's do a rewind of the draft trade that shocked the world. And by shocked the world, I mean basically the NBA world and Hawks fans like you had a form of allegiance. Like there was a side on that one. Um, so let, let's, let's relook at this on the draft night. Um, the Hawks traded down from their number three pick to trade to number five for Trey young. And they gave basically traded away Luka Doncic for. Um, oh, what is the opposite of a top? Okay. No. Yeah. A top five protected pick. Uh, we're relooking at that, Sam. Are there any regrets? <laughs> should should we still kind of like be scratching our head at this, or is it suddenly looking like, hey, it might work? I think if you if you look at it too long, you'll always be second guessing. You know what went down that night and how how Doncic is playing now. I, I don't think it's worth splitting hairs over because they've both been very good. They both just won Rookie Player of the Month. Uh, multiple um, rookie players of the month. Yes, they've they've both won multiple, and 
Trey Young just oh okay. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> cold. Cold right now. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think Young Young brings a lot to the Hawks of what they needed. They they needed that name recognition for for some for a, for a rookie. And I know Doncic now has name recognition, but coming into the draft, Young was that guy who you knew would be marketable, you knew would sell, and you knew would most likely be good just because not only could he shoot 40% from three in college on what I'd say is outrageous volume attempts, but he's also a next-level passer. So you you kind of had that security of knowing, hey, Young is going to be good one way or the other. If he's if he's not shooting for us very well, he's going to be passing, and you know at peak he's doing both well, and uh, also picking up a first round pick that looks like it's going to convey very nicely for the Hawks this coming season. Yeah, what should end up as a top ten pick, I would think, um, also really helps that trade a lot. Um, but but yeah, if you sit there and if you sit there and pick hairs all night and say, hey, Doncic is Doncic is playing out of his mind right now. He's going to be a superstar. And you also discount what Young has done, then I I think you'll just always hate the trade. So I let me let me get it straight for all my people on Twitter that are following me and listening to this podcast. I stated on trade night that I hated the trade and I thought it was bad. And I've said this multiple times, but I guess people just choose not to. I guess, okay, this can be confusing, but I'll go ahead and say this. I personally just don't like to gamble. Um, oh, boy. Trey Young just. He, oh, is he is. Uh, yo, he is killing. I'm sorry. He's killing. Oh, don't tell me he hit. Oh. You just saw that? Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, my. Great. That Trae is Young a, just hit a nasty step back through. Is that a. Is that is that a four point play? Yep. <laughs> uh, oh, he is. I need to rewatch That's this fourth quarter. timing Trey. I'm I'm sorry. I I need to rewatch this fourth quarter. This is like, <laughs> like these last couple of games, I've seen some Iverson in him. Just like the fear, the fierceness. Like I'm, uh, I got a little off track. I saw some Iverson. I saw the headband. I saw the arms. He has an arm sleeve. I saw the headband. I saw the cornrows, the tattoos. It was anyway. Anyway, um, sorry. Let me um, get back to this. Um, geez, you just distracted me. Who the? Oh my God, Hawks! <laughs> by by the way, Aiton, Aiton is good too. Um, there are certain things in this game I'm looking at from Aiton. I'm like, okay, he'll he'll be a player in a couple of years, but um. I personally don't like to gamble in the sense of if you know the sure thing is there, don't gamble. And if you know that there is a, how do I put this? Luka Doncic's position is, in my opinion, my opinion, I could be wrong. You tell me if I'm wrong. The position he plays is probably one of the more optimal positions in the NBA that you know needs to be on the floor at all times. Um, Centers can get played off the floor. Certain times undersized point guards can get played off the floor in late playoff series. Um, We've seen it with um, what is 
what is uh, Isaiah Thomas um, just in terms of defensive liability just because of their size. And Luka Doncic, though not the best athlete, not known for his defense, but just everything else he brings to the table, I'm just kind of like, you can't pass that up because that is so rare. That that was my opinion of the draft at the draft. And I still think today that given what we knew at the draft, I did not like the trade. Now, at the same time, Sam, I did not think in a million years Trey Young would be as good as he is. Is that fair to say? I mean that that's a fair that's a fair um viewpoint to have on it. The the thing about Doncic that that makes you wary of the trade in the first place is that you you knew his floor was going to be you know at least near all-star level because of how he played in a pro league overseas already. He's and, a 6-8 point guard um yeah. that can shoot. It's the, though what do we have like three of those in the NBA? That <laughs> Yeah, I, I, but I think he's more, he's more than just a point guard. At the same time, he's a floor general. And right. a, a lot of point guards can be 6'8", but not a lot of people can command a floor like Doncic does. Oh, like, did, I, did you I see would that say, reverse? I'm yeah. sorry. I, I, I would say Doncic is almost on that Harden-esque level where, you know, when he's on the floor, you can put three guys on him, but the end result is still going to be whatever Doncic or Harden decides to happen just because they have the body types and they have the skill set to make anything they want to happen happen. So I, I can understand where people are coming from when they say, hey, look, we gave up a guy who could who has the potential to become the next James Harden. But in in the same sense, Trey Young averaged, what was it, 30 points and eight assists in college, and that's never been done before by a freshman. So it, it's not like he was any it's not like he was some giant risk coming to the NBA and people people always turn to the well young is really short and he's not going to be able to defend at the next level but he's proven everybody wrong in in that stance and if you've ever been beside Trey Young which I know a lot of people (laughs) haven't had that luxury to be standing right beside the dude but he's a legit 6'3 I mean he's he's not a small dude um, I'd say he's a little bit shorter than Steph Curry, but he's he's about on that same level. I'd say. Okay, and- so you would say he's that height because I have a hard time ju- um, telling from watching on TV because you know, like um, NBA players' heights look differently on TV. So I have I was having a hard time guessing his height. So yeah, I mean he's he's way he's way taller than uh, for reference Isaiah Thomas. I'd, I'd say he's got a he's got a he's got a <laughs> okay. lot on Isaiah Thomas. So he's about a Isaiah and a half. Is about, <laughs> about oh, sorry. Go he's, ahead. He's probably, if not about the same size as Jeff Teague, about half an inch taller. Okay. Okay. And Jeff Jeff Teague is basically Teague, Jeff Teague is hilarious to me because he's basically what I if if I. He's the the um, what I see my, the eyes I look through when I look at NBA players because he, he's well one he's like what one day older than me yeah. apparently his his birthday is like one day before mine and two he's what maybe an inch taller than me so it's kind of 
it's kind of funny. He's the avatar I look at when I look at the NBA and I think, oh, I would never make it. Except for he hits like a million times more athletic than I am. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people get it mixed up. There's a picture out there of uh, Trey standing next to Dwayne Wade when they did their jersey swap, and they're essentially the same height. Right, yeah. And if, if you were looking at the Utah game, you saw him near – um what's the guy's name? Donovan Mitchell. It, I think two things was, one, you notice that uh, Donovan Mitchell um, is shorter than you would think. And Trey Young is taller than you would think. Oh my um, goodness, he just did it again. So, Collins <laughs> has thirty right now. Yeah, okay. Trey Young just I'm, hit another three pointer. I'm gonna have to rewatch this fourth quarter. This is because Trey was relatively. What, what did he have? Ten points going into this fourth quarter. That's, that's okay. So for yeah, that's just for anybody on here listening. I was gonna say for anybody on here listening. We have we're looking at the Hawks um Hawks Suns fourth quarter right now and Trey Young is hitting like circus shot after circus shot right now. Like this is and that's that's the that's the main point I'm trying to make is this guy yeah. can go out there and get you 30 or John Collins can go out there and get you 30 or Kevin Herter can go out there and get you 30 and for Travis Schlink, that's that's all you can ask of that guy is to go out there and get you players that can go and get you 30 points on any given night who can go and get you eight assists, who, in, who can go and get you 10 rebounds. And once you have enough of those players, then you, you should be winning, you know, should be winning games. Right. But um, you know what? I, I really need to watch the rest of this game with the TV off because it's distracting me from actually talking reasonable about Trey Young. But <laughs> <laughs> because this whole thing started off um, us talking about uh, how how good he is, but then me talking about the draft, and then he just, just went nuts. But so in the draft, I just personally was not a fan of kind of like going against the sure thing that was that was my issue and still to this day even with Doncic doing well like Doncic is doing great like probably gonna win rookie of the year is that safe to say but I I I think it's gonna be close actually I, I don't think he's run away with it just yet and if we see if we see Young keep doing things like he's doing tonight in Phoenix I I don't think it's so easy just to say hey Let's give this guy the rookie of the year. I think what's going to make the difference is a lot of people see Doncic highlights a lot more than Trey highlights. Right. That's going to help Doncic in the long run. Right. Well, it's um, also <clears> – but basically the point I was trying to get to, though, Sam, is um, this might be one of the better rookie classes um, in a while. Um, at yeah, least. I can see that. Yeah. That's the point I was trying to get to. It's like, granted, if, you know, Luka Doncic wins rookie of the year, say, like, Luka Doncic is a freaking good rookie. And I feel like any other year, like Trey or DeAndre Ayton, they would win. They would win, like, you know, in in their own perspective classes. So it's, to me, it's kind of like now, it's kind of like, I guess at the time, at least for me saying I didn't like the trade. I still think I wouldn't do that knowing the risk. 
But at the same time, my stance on Trey Young has jumped like maybe 180 degrees. Um, there was a time, there are games I'm watching right now where I'm just kind of like, oh, we need to get him back on the floor in the fourth quarter because he's the only player that can create for others right now. And then I had to stop myself and was like, what the heck did you just say, Josh? It's it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. all right. It's all right. Um, a, a lot of people, a lot of people were against the pick, but prop again, props to Schlink for going with his predetermined. Because there's no way he went into that draft not knowing he was going to select Trey Young. I, right. I I can't believe that beyond a shadow of a doubt that he didn't already know that he was going to take Trey. Um, it worked out for him, I think, because he got the player he wanted and he got another top 10 pick, potentially. Um, so if if it does end up being another top 10 pick, I, I think that might go down as one of the best trades for the Hawks in in franchise history. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it's, it's safe to say that he will be on the next good Hawks team, right? <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. I would... <laughs> I think the Hawks would like to keep him around um, for the next decade or more. Um, right. So, um, anyway, let's let's wrap up because I kind of I kind of got a little unorganized at the end there, just because I was fanboying a little bit looking at looking at the Hawks play. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it can't happen, guys. I'm sorry. I don't hate. Tra- I mean, it's possible for you to change your mind, people, and. I changed my mind. Now, granted, he does have issues on defense that I just don't think he's going to be able to overcome. But, hey, um, that's definitely a player you need to surround the talent with. Like, um, like this team's going to be tricky to um, surround talent with, considering him and uh, John Collins on the same team. Because I think we've seen somewhat of enough to know, like, Okay, well, let's see if you can guess guess our conversation. If you were to pair John Collins with another big, what would the other um, kind of skill set would you look for the big to pair with John Collins be? I think you you would need. I think him and Deadman are actually a pretty good combination. You know, a big man that could shoot. Because it, unless John continues to hit threes at the rate he's doing right now. I think you need to put somebody who can shoot beside him. So size and shooting. Also, well, we also mentioned defense. More of a um, <laughs> basically, if if Chris Stapps Porzingis, Porzingis was healthy, that'd be a perfect pairing. But um, that's what we were talking about earlier, and we said because John Collins and um, Trey Young kind of like have their um, limitations when it comes to defense, we were saying there are specific guys we need to build around those two to maximize their skills to kind of like cover for them on the defensive end. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, just, just fun stuff talking about this team and I'm going to, I'm going to miss it. Um, Sam, do you have a rest of season outlook? Um, I asked, um, Glenn this and he gave me just different things he's going to be looking at but do you have like certain things with players or whether it's a certain player you want to look at or a certain action or whatever it is I I think for me the biggest thing is going to be the trade deadline that's coming up um 
if you do see the Hawks move, Jeremy Lin, Dwayne Dedman, Alex Lin, Kent Bazemore, if you see them move those type of guys, I think you'll see them start to scrounge the the upper levels of the G League or maybe start looking for small trades with other teams to pick up young players um, to use the rest of the season as maybe a jumping off point and see just what, what they can pull up around the league because um, I, I hate to say it, but I don't think the Hawks are going to make the playoffs this year, guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, they're not? Oh, oh. Yeah, sorry, sorry to bust your bubble. Oh man, that's uh... why are you doing this to me, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, but yeah, um, and very important. My very important last question, Sam. Um, what what series are you watching on Hulu, Amazon, Netflix? What TV series are you watching right now? I am currently trying to keep up with The Punisher. And let me see, there's one more, but as you know, I stay so swamped with work now. I'm Uh, I'm working like 80 hour weeks each week, which is not good for my health, but (laughs) so I'm, I'm watching the originals and Punisher right now. So, Oh, the originals. Oh, I wanted to check that out at some point. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Okay. Um, I started watching this show called you. Y-O-U on Netflix. Yes. It's, it's, it, it's definitely something. It's, uh, I'll, I'll eventually make it to the Punisher. Eventually. Yeah. I, eventually. I, I haven't been super impressed with Marvel's Netflix series, but I thought they did really well with Daredevil. Still can't believe they canceled that. I think that's a travesty. And, uh, I, I think it goes some, 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 something in the pecking order of, uh, Daredevil, then Luke Cage, then the Punisher, and yeah, the the rest of them aren't that great. <laughs> so, um, everybody, thank you for listening to Peachtree Hoops, um, podcast presented by Peachtree Hoops. Um, we're now about to enter the Josh talks to Sam about Netflix shows real quick uh, because of what he just brought up. Okay, thank you, everyone. Okay, Sam, we're we're we. This is why I got you on. Forget basketball. <laughs> this this right here is why I brought you on the show. Sam, I could not agree more with you on the Marvel shows. Um, outside of, I thought all three seasons of Daredevil were cool. I really liked season three. Um, but outside of that, um, I thought they were all legitimately pretty bad. Um, season one of Jessica Jones was cool. Um half of Luke Cage, like literally half. I hated half of the season, half of the season of Luke Cage. And then I would love the other half. And that was both seasons. Yeah. Um, I iron fist. That was, Oh my God. Throw that out. Throw that out a window. Yeah. And I thought, and I thought the Punisher was okay. It was nothing I wanted to jump up and down about. Because, I don't know, there was some point, there was a point in the Punisher, at least season one, where I was just kind of like, okay, you can't be human with these injuries you're taking. Like, <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, yeah I, I was, I think they could have done the Marvel shows a lot better than they did, but I'm, I'm not mad for the way it turned out. Um, yeah. I think they're doing the right thing by going through and eliminating them. Um, 
But it'll be interesting to see what Disney does with their new platform. I know they're going to try to create a streaming service like Netflix over the next year and a half. So if, if they decide to pick up the Marvel shows like has been rumored online, that'll be interesting to see what Disney can do with those well, shows. The Disney streaming platform, because I'm a nerd and I actually look at this stuff because I'm all down. I am down for all types of um watching watching uh, media because it's this the stories is what gets me through so the disney platform is probably going to do something like that if i had to take a guess because i'm pretty sure they already were confirmed for doing like a uh kind of like rogue one series for their star wars um yes thing but i don't know the thing with the marvel shows that annoyed me was they always would say they want to reference you know the the, uh, the cinematic universe but then did they actually do it in the TV shows? Absolutely no. not. Yeah, no, they didn't, and it just kind of annoyed me. It's like, come on, you guys have to—I don't know—at least have someone fade to ash or something like that. <laughs> um, that would like, have been much cooler. Yeah, but I—I'm kind of glad they're leaving because it now kind of like gives me the opportunity to actually watch other shows, which you know people have recommended for me to watch, and. Shoot, um, what what's the show? Hunting of Hill House. I finally caught up on like a month ago, and it's been out since October. And I thought that show was amazing. But have you gotten a chance to watch Norseman yet? Oh, I it's on my queue. I have a queue, believe it or not, a queue of like fifty movies and shows. Right next, right after this is there's that Jake Gyllenhaal movie I'm gonna watch, but um. Yeah, Ted Bundy tapes is next for me, but um, back to Norseman, that was super hilarious. So if you guys are into comedies about Vikings, <laughs> go really, okay, it's a go comedy. Check. I didn't. Okay, you know what? Oh, I'm yeah. writing that down right then. Norseman. Okay. Norseman. And I, I thought the acting was great for for what it is. <laughs> it's hilarious, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Let me see. What was the other one I watched recently? Oh, Black Mirror Bandersnatch. The oh. the interactive Black Mirror. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. We're we're probably going over, and I'm sure people hate listening to us talk about TV shows, and I'm sure they, <laughs> they hung up by now. But um real quick, what was the worst Bandersnatch ending that you got? I actually went through and watched all of them just because Oh, I was you did. <laughs> but yeah, the worst one was the one where you could end it when that dude was about to jump off the building, that just ended the whole movie <laughs> right there. It was like, uh, okay, that's, that's just the ending. Um, oh, yeah. I, I found the one. Okay. So that was the worst. Okay. What was the one that was most interesting to you? Let me ask you that since you've seen all of them. Uh, the most interesting one is the one where he gets sent to jail for killing his dad. <laughs> And is that the one where the daughter tries to make the game like 10 years later or something like that? Yes. And she ends up making the movie instead. Okay. That was like inception. (laughs) I, I had a tie between that and the um, movie, the ending where they break the fourth wall and they basically say, all right, let's replay the uh, scene. And he has no idea what's going on. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, guys. All right. All right. 
where TV showed up. That that's honestly why I brought Sam on here, just to give <laughs> an excuse so I could talk about this with somebody. You guys if you guys like Netflix, I post about it all the time on my Twitter at Sam oh, 180. <laughs> oh my goodness. And if I'm watching a series like I, I, I'm not tweeting about uh, the show I'm watching you right now because it is just insane in the sense of everything right now that I just don't want to ruin it. But that is, yeah, I would say, I would say w- watch the first episode and then if you don't like it, cool, don't watch it. But if you find it interesting because of how you're basically following around a, a a creeper and his narration tries to justify everything. It's, it's definitely weird. Yeah. It's kind of like Dexter. If you've ever watched Dexter where they try I, to, try to, that is a great a comparison. That, yeah. No, that is a very good comparison. Um, I haven't even thought about that. That that's good comparison. Thank you. Thank you. But um, anyway, Sam, um, well, I this this has been fun. I've had a fun time recording. So much good stuff out there, and this is honestly my last chance to see if Brad will um, put the my, all of my videos just just to take over the entire uh, front page of Peachtree Hoops. So <laughs> let's uh, let's everyone get this trending. Let make Brad do that for me. <laughs> Hashtag Brad, do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is it. Awesome. Well, hey man, I appreciate you having me on. Oh, oh, thank you. Um, is there anything um pieces that you have coming out or anything that you have out there that you want to share with everyone? It's th- I, I did a uh, last season. I did a twenty trade ideas. Right. So not not saying anything, but keep your eyes peeled for maybe part two. Oh, this is an exclusive podcast with that. And his tr- <laughs> his 20 trade ideas were awesome because they were literally trades for everything. Every it was the bander snatch of trades. That's what it was. <laughs> so yeah, just keep your eyes out. It's coming soon. Cool. Well, Sam, it's been fun. Thank you for joining me once again and jumping off work to uh come talk with me. For sure, um, man. I had fun and oh man, who knows when I'll be back. Um, I'll, I'll probably do another live stream um, for draft night. Maybe see me go crazy. Who knows? But um, thanks. And it's been fun. And to everybody out there listening, thank you for the journey that you've joined with me and listening. And I had a heck of a time enjoying recording. Lots of fun with everyone I was with um, John Garrick, everyone. Heck of a time, and thank you, everyone, for just your support and the fandom and the following and everything, and to all my guests that have come on this season. Anyway, with a very somber, we out of here.